Welcome to Because That's What Heroes Do, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As you know from prior episodes, Megan Doherty, co-founder of One Stone Creative, and I are huge MCU fans. So we've decided to do the MCU movie oeuvre. That's right. We're going to do all of the MCU movies in this special podcast series. But we decided that was not enough. And now we're going to explore the television series that came out over the past few years on MCU characters. Issues raised by each episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will take things from the societal angle, from the social justice angle, from the MCU angle, and perhaps even from the compliance angle. But if you're an MCU fan or you're a compliance fan, I know you'll enjoy this continued exploration of the MCU universe. In this episode, we take up WandaVision 5 on this very special episode. I know you will enjoy this episode of Because That's What Heroes Do. WandaVision Episode 6, all-new Halloween spooktacular. In the late 1990s, early 2000s settings, Wanda wants to spend Tommy and Billy's first Halloween together as a family, but Vision tells her that he is going to patrol the streets on the neighborhood watch. Pietro offers to step in as the father figure and takes the boys trick-or-treating, causing mischief with his super speed, which Tommy is revealed to have inherited. Meanwhile, Vision explores further away from the house and finds residents of Westview standing frozen in their positions, including... Agnes. Vision speaks to Agnes' real self, and she tells him that he is dead. Outside Westview, Haywood orders Rambo, Lewis, and Wu to leave the base for disagreeing with his decision to attack Wanda at the end of Episode 5, but they sneak inside and hack into his computer to discover that he has been tracking Vision's vibranium signature. Vision tries to push through the static wall, but begins to disintegrate. Billy senses this and tells Wanda, who expands the hexagonal static wall. Vision, Lewis, and several S.W.O.R.D. members are enveloped by this new boundary and become actors in a circus. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox back again with Megan Doherty. And today we take up perhaps Megan's favorite, the Halloween Spooktacular. So, Megan, tell us why the Halloween any Halloween spooktacular is such a part of your oeuvre. I guess I've just always loved Halloween and other special episodes of series. I think it just, it makes, it makes the characters in them, I think, more relatable because they're celebrating this event that I celebrate and they're doing a lot of the same things that I would do celebrating this holiday. And I think it's a chance also, I guess, for screenwriters and for actors and actresses to step out of the normal a little bit and have some more fun. And for this particular Halloween special, it's a very interesting one within the context of WandaVision itself, because all of a sudden, for the first time, the children of Westview are out and running around and being a part of the story. And there's, of course, the classic Halloween trope of disguise yourself so that the truth can be revealed. And I think that's a major theme of this episode. I thought it worked on multiple levels. It worked on the silly level. It worked on the playful level. It worked on the familiar or family level. And it worked on a much more sophisticated 
nuanced level, I felt, particularly around vision. But let's start with the the basics of Halloween silliness. And when, I think it was Tommy, discovers he has the superpower speed of Pietro, I think we had every seven-year-old boy's dream was to go (laughs) snatch all the chocolate uh, and uh, change up everybody's costumes. But later... We had a really serious and significant scene between Wanda and Pietro. And why don't I let you set this one up? <laughs> yeah, that one <clears throat> absolutely really stopped me dead because this was like, for the first time, Wanda's being directly called out on what is happening. Agnes has hinted on in it at it. Vision has been asking about it. But Pietro is straight up, hey, what you're doing here is wild. And I think you're handling the ethical considerations quite well. And she's just, really? So what do you think of that? And he's this character that should kind of came to Westview in a different way than anyone else had. He said that he was peacefully dead and was all of a sudden called back by her into this new universe. And it really made me think that she needed someone that she could talk to honestly about what was going on. Someone who wouldn't judge her. Someone who would be able to have that discussion and validate her decisions and choices. And who better than a version of her twin? So I thought that was a really fascinating way of giving her that chance to express herself and confide in someone, particularly because of something that he said earlier in the episode when he was talking to the twins. You mentioned that blood is thicker than water. And I thought that was a really interesting choice for the quotation, because I think it's generally understood right to mean the family ties are the closest. But the actual quotation is that the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. And it means the opposite in that the chosen family that you have is always going to be stronger and more important than whoever you happen to appear with by birth. So I don't don't know if that was done intentionally or not, but I thought it was an interesting way of comparing the family that she has crafted from nothing. She has chosen them in Westview and how strong that might be compared to the relationship she has with anyone outside of Westview. So I don't have a twin by birth. I have an Irish twin sister, which means we were born relatively close to each other. 18 Um, months. (laughs) In our case, less than 18 months. But we... So I didn't view this as particularly insights around twins, although I certainly acknowledge there is that connection. I would say things to my sister that probably no one will say, including her husband, and she would be the same with me. And so when Pietro confronts her that Vision is dead, that to me just sounded like a brother or sister confronting their sibling with, of course that's true. It's, it is, even though you've created this entire village and city of Westview and this entire <clears throat> superstructure to try to deny that, of course he's dead. And, and she blows up at him and, and hits him with some superpowers. But I just thought that's exactly what a sibling would. At some point, they will call you out on your stuff in a way no one else will, not your so parents. Maybe, it could be said Wanda knew she needed that, and so she, she called up the character to make it happen. Well, and that's what I at one point thought that was her conscience. Mm-hmm. She had creating Pietro as her conscience. For a while, I struggled or at least questioned was this Pietro's character development? I don't think so. I think it's something more basic, brother, sister, familiar, familial connection. And that in in a situation like that, I might just create a character based on my sister who will have no empathy that would just say, shut the F up. It's Wanda's character development, right? Like, I think he was even really clear about it. Like, he, show up, he, he showed up to cause some trouble with the brother-in-law, raise hell with the kids, and generally give her grief. He, was, he really laid out the plot points that he was there for. I thought that was brilliant. 
That's what brothers do. I thought that was a really significant scene, a really powerful scene, and worked on so many different levels for me. But now let's go to vision, because I think vision as a sentient character is having lots of questions. He's having lots of struggles, almost existential for he as a sentient character. You want to take it from there? Sure, because I think, yeah, towards the beginning of the episode when everyone's getting out in their Halloween costumes and ready to go about their evenings, Vision, I think for the first time in the series, lies to Wanda. Because up till now, he's had concerns, he's had questions, they've even had arguments, but he's never deceived her before. But he says he is going out on the neighborhood patrol, which we learn later from Herb. He was not on duty. He was going out to explore on his own, and he didn't tell Wanda that. Wanda didn't know that, I think, really importantly. And so as he's going out and he's starting to notice these cracks, basically, in, in the reality of Westview. Neighbors on a weird loop, hanging the, the skeleton. Children and their parents frozen and not moving as they're trick-or-treating as they get away from the edge of town. And then finding Agnes, the very ever-important Agnes, in her car, just stalled. He, the same way he did with Norm in an earlier episode, released her for a moment, and he got some information, which I think we can probably have a long discussion about how much, uh, to what extent she was playing him, but he started to realize it was not all what it, that it seemed, and he left. He tried to leave. He tried to get out, only to, of course, not find any help from the outside world. I thought it was uh, really interesting, the things he explored and discovered, particularly the aggression of the outside world. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as Megan and I had fun uh, re-watching WandaVision and bringing it to you. If you haven't re-watched WandaVision recently, I would urge you to do so. It's a, a great show, and it certainly uh, bears uh, re-watching as well. As this is a relatively new podcast, I would ask if you would tell your friends about it, if you're a lover of all things MCU, or pass it along to anyone else who you think might enjoy it. And really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It would greatly help get out the word about this passion project around the MCU because that's what heroes do is a production of the compliance podcast network. 